the share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to a very special episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams, and joining me today are my two usual co-hosts, Kyle Henning and Tom Welty. And in this one, we get a chance to speak with two awesome guests. First up, we have former Chiefs defensive tackle and nine-year NFL veteran Lionel Jelly Roll Dalton on the show for a very insightful conversation about his search for a new kidney, what life has been like for him recently, and we get into his time in the NFL and his time with the Chiefs. It was a blast talking to Jelly Roll, and we can't thank him enough for opening up to us about everything that he's been doing with throughout this whole journey he has been going through. Then, we had former All-Pro defensive tackle Albert Hainsworth join the show briefly to talk about his kidney transplant journey because he went through a very similar experience to Lionel, and he talks about what he went through and also some of the things that he and former players in the NFL have kind of had to deal with that led him to this point. So it's a very insightful conversation, and once again, we cannot thank both Lionel and Albert enough for coming on and talking with us. It was a blast. So I hope you all enjoy the two conversations and be sure to follow us on social media at Kingdom Says Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you could, leave us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you're listening to this right now and you want to watch it, you can find it over at the Say It Again Network YouTube channel. Enjoy the episode. Lionel. Hey, what's up? What's going on, man? How you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. Well... As good as I can be. Yeah. So right on, excited man. To talk to you, yeah. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on today, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. So, uh, so how are you doing? What's going on? Yeah, they, say, they say I'm sick, but I'm feeling pretty good today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good to hear. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm taking it one day at a time. Um, staying healthy, following all my protocols, listening to my doctors, and um. Mm-hmm. You know, staying healthy, staying as healthy as possible. So, we, you know, your kidney situation, what's what's that whole, what's the wait list looking like? Well, the wait list for my blood type, because I'm a universal donor, I have one of the oldest blood types, O, and so the wait for mine is longer than most. So my wait time is 8 to 10 years for a kidney. Mm. And so um, – I'm in the process of trying to get the word out. Hopefully somebody decided they want to bless me, a living donor. And I'm um, just taking it day by day. But, yeah, the wait time is usually 8 to, eight to 10 years for my blood time. That's such a – that just seems like a crazy long time. For That's that. a long time, right? Yeah. That's a long time. I'll be in my 50s before I get a kidney. I know, huh? It's yeah. crazy That's that crazy. the process takes that long for sure. Yeah, it's like a, almost like um, a hundred, like a hundred and fifty thousand people in the United States on the waiting list. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so 
So the best route is to get a living donor. So besides, my family's all scared. So, but I'm having other people coming out, you know, trying to get tested. Um, I had one lady that um, we were we were almost a match without antibodies in matchup. Oh. So oh. But, uh, that was a bummer because I thought I had one. But um, right now I'm just waiting and um, hopefully, you know, guys like from your platform and other platforms I'm talking on, maybe somebody uh, decide they want to, you know, hook, the, hook me up. What's the uh, what's the best way for people that want to help that don't know how to help you or anybody else that may be looking for a kidney? What's the best way for people to do that? We have a website called newkidneyforjellyroll.com, and you can click on, for donors, you click on the Baltimore link, uh, John Hopkins link, and um, you click on that link, and then it'll take you through the process and um, start your testing. Right. Awesome. So, yeah, they do a couple of blood samples, they do a swab in the mouth. And, and, and so um, that, goes, kind of that goes all through, uh, so John Hopkins, that's in Baltimore? Yes, John Hopkins in Baltimore. I'm in the process of getting on the. I got a um, doctor. Um, I'm going out to St. Paul, St. Jude, St. Jude out there in Kansas City. I'm mm-hmm. in the process of getting on there. They have the they have the shortest waiting list in the United States. A lot of people don't know that. So oh, wow. it's um, St. Jude and uh, is that St. Jude or St. Paul? St. Jude. I think it's St. Jude up there. St. Jude Hospital only have a year waiting list for everybody. So when I found mm-hmm. that out, I said, I'm going to try. I need to get on that list. So I'm in the process of trying to get on the list in Kansas City. Right. So what's, so, like, the process for that, like? The process is I have to go, um, you know, take a – first they do an orientation, let you know exactly what you're doing, make sure nobody's, like, pressuring you to do it. Then it's a bunch of blood work. You know, they take, like, six or seven vials, and they use that, and they test it against whoever decides to come in and want to don- or want to donate. They try. They do tests to make sure we're compatible, and make sure the person is healthy. Cause I had another lady come in, but they they told her she needs to lose like 20 pounds. So, you know, I've had a few people try to donate, but there's always been some, you know, an issue. So, um, mm-hmm. that's that's, that's kind of what I'm going through right now. Just so you have to be on different hospitals' lists throughout the country to be able to be eligible at those places. You, it's not like a universal list for the for the country. It's all split up for per hospital. It's all, it's all thing. split up. It's all split up. So. I know one patient, one guy called me on uh, Facebook and said, come on, get on the list in New York. They don't have any helmet laws for motorcycles. So hopefully the list is fast there as well. So it's just, I had a lot of people reaching out, but yeah, each city has their own list. Each state, each, each state has their own list. Interesting. See, that's the kind of stuff like, I would think it would be a more centralized thing, but I guess it makes sense because you got people all over the place that need it in these different areas. So they, they just try to keep it as localized as possible. Yeah. Right. With all the different laws and stuff too. That makes, that makes sense. New York and everything like that, man. That's uh, that's crazy. So, you know, going through all the blood work and stuff, like what's, what's that kind of like been like mentally for you? Like, What's what's it kind sucks, of been going through your mind? Needles. Yeah, I hate it because I hate needles and I hate going to the hospital. You know, I play football, so we don't like the we don't like the doctors. So I had the first. I was frustrated, you know, angry. Uh, I can't uh, take a pill and fix this. I got to wait the whole wait the process out. So it was depressing at first, and then um, as I started talking about it more. And um, speaking uh, speaking about it more and talking about it on my social media platforms, I started getting um, response from other people saying, thank you for talking about the story because they're dealing with their husband or their mother. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've been getting a lot of people, you know, sending me prayers and, um, you know, 
you know, I got one of my friends send me like funny videos all the time, try to keep my spirits up. So it's been, um, I like that. I, that since I've been talking about it, I've been, you know, it's been less, less stressful, I guess, talking about it and um, dealing with it head on is, is help. Yeah, I was, I was gonna just tag in on that and just say, obviously this is a, you know, just reading through the um, new kidney for jelly roll com don't forget to go check that out but um yeah just reading through that it sounds like it was a pretty big shock to hear that you were um you know facing this challenge and i was just curious if there were any if there's any um kind of big lessons or big changes that have, that have affected you or anything that you've kind of learned in this time um you know or any other words of encouragement you might want to share to somebody who's um, facing something similar or has a loved one you know facing a similar challenge well uh man from my from studying it's like I, I've had issues back when I played for Kansas. Um, the mm -hmm. doctor had told me I had protein in my urine when I was in Kansas in 05. And uh, I had no idea that's a sign of early kidney failure. If I would have mm -hmm. known that, I would probably could have did something to, um, to combat that and slow down the process, what I'm doing now. But um, I say just try to eat as healthy as people. Like if you have high blood pressure, most people are not having from diabetes, but you can also get it from untreated high blood pressure mm -hmm. so you can have high blood pressure and it's not like it's not enormously high where you need you don't fucking need to go to the doctor but that pressure is actually putting strain on because what happened with me was i had high blood pressure and the veins that go to my kidney shut down not my actual kidneys mm -hmm. so it's the vein but it's because of the veins shut down is the kidneys not getting the blood or the circulation it needs so mm -hmm. high blood pressure even if it's a little high over a period of time can affect your kidneys so you just got to combat that and try to, you know, I lost, I've lost 120 pounds. So losing weight and trying to eat healthier, drink, try to drink a lot of water can help, you know, um, fight that and help people who are dealing with any similar issue. For those that don't know what, kind of maybe what you're, what you're going through on a, on a day to day and whatnot, um, with dealing with this, since you've, since this has all become a thing for just for the people that don't understand what that's like. Um, man, it's rough, man, because you go there and there's a lot of people there are a lot more sick than I am. And so you're around a bunch of people who are getting dialysis. And so being around that energy can bring you down, man. So, um, so I go three weeks for four and a half hours and I sit there and people come in and out and you see people there. A lot of people like had diabetes. So it's people that are amputated, legs missing, all types of stuff. A guy had a heart attack in another day. And dialysis so it's important to um man really stuck a lot of people don't switch up their habits when they go in there they continue they go in there and they let, they let them clean their blood and still eat the things or have the same lifestyle they had before they that what got them into the clinic so a lot of people don't learn for that so i've completely changed up my whole diet everything and so i noticed that i'm a lot healthier than a lot of people in dialysis because of that that's, I think that's a really important message for the for people and basically with anything that you deal with, but especially with something like this is to, to make those changes and, and understand what, what you can do to help yourself. Cause... Right. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. And dehydration is another one, man. You got to drink a lot of water. But dehydration over a period of time, it can um, affect the kidneys as well a long time. So 
I learned a lot because I've been really studying and researching because I'm saying I'm going to beat this thing, man. I want to be around. I got young kids. so Right. Yeah, and we're all yeah, yeah. believe. And I, yeah. I think that's like a part of this whole process that you've been going through is getting all the support and just, you know, I think realizing all the all the people that are behind you in this journey and everyone, you know, wants you to, to you know, get better and, and, you know, live a long life. So we're all pulling yeah. you for you for sure. But um, I, I was, you know, on that on that topic of dehydration and everything like that. Uh, how much do you attribute attribute your like playing career and everything like that to it? Do you think there was much effect of it? Do you think it was, um, you know, it was that a big factor, or do you think it's? Uh, yeah, you know? I've met. I think it was a, between the, um, all the things you take. Like I used to take Motrin before practice every day for my last two years. Motrin is horrible on the kidneys. Uh, um, I used to take anti. Um, so anti-inflammatories, those are rough on the kidneys. I took those, a lot of those, combated with the Motrin. Um, dehydration, you know. Some days we would go, I would go practice and don't drink water, go drink a beer instead of drink water, you know. So a lot, I think um, I've met three players, Aber, Aber Hangsworth just got a kidney transplant, and there were two other players I know uh, I played with in Baltimore. One died from this disease, another guy had a transplant. So... I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the medicines we take, you know, contribute to um, the deterioration of our kidneys. That that's a, something that I know has been a topic of, of the of the medicines. You said you didn't like needles. Is it? Did you take the Motrin and stuff to try to stay away from the other things I that they took had? The Motrin and I took and I took when I my last couple of years I was taking the Toradol shot. A lot of older players take that because you know you feel like Superman for like three hours and then Monday you mm-hmm. feel like you feel like James. But um, it's just, um, yeah, man, I took the toad out, too, and those are horrible on the kidneys. So I definitely contribute a lot of the stuff I took while I was playing can uh, contribute to my kidney failure. Right. Yeah, I think that's a, a big issue that I think a lot of the uh, the early 2000s kind of NFL dealt with with players and, and drug you know problems and stuff like that where, you know, yeah. they just didn't have access to the science that we have today and the nutrition stuff. Right. I know, like, Tom Brady gets talked about a lot as, you know, a guy who's been able to play so long just because he's had such, you know, access to all the science and all these different different things. It's just, it's unfortunate that, you know, that stuff wasn't available back then for all those players. So I think right. it's really important to kind of spread the message that a lot of former players are, are dealing with similar situations in one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. That's why I was really hope. Especially a lot of the linemen, man, losing that weight, man. When you retire got to get that weight off man because that weighs on the organs as well and so i felt a big difference now man. i was 369 250 i feel a complete different you know i feel you know so i just um i recommend a lot of the linemen just get that weight off as soon as possible mm-hmm. that was going to be one of my next questions was what is your advice to players coming out of the league or even currently in the league on, on how to how to take care of that right it while they're playing and then how how to handle that when you come out when you're done but sounds like basically yeah. just yeah eat right don't stop working out because once you stop whew, i had stopped working out for like a month now i feel like an old man but um don't don't stop working out man because once you stop that uh that old age jump on you fast yeah <laughs> but uh, don't stop working out and just lose the weight man that's what i recommend for all the guys that retire get that weight off Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We don't need it anymore. We don't need all that muscle mass anymore. Yeah, I think it's a, you know I think it's a, a trend now with a lot of players coming out that you know 
uh, working out and weightlifting and everything like that is kind of part of their regimen and it's how they kind of stay stay connected to the game in one way, shape, or another. But um, you know, just don't have to put the the physical toll on their body that they would put on every week. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Overall, you know, we're just super hopeful for you, and you know, we really want to help spread that message. Uh, hashtag New Kidney for Daily Roll. Um, NewKidneyDailyRoll.com. It's a a really great you know. Really great to spread the message, and we're happy to have you on. Um, we want to talk a little football now, uh, if you don't okay, mind. Okay. So, you know, we know we played for the Chiefs, and, you know, you had a, a good couple years there. Um, you know, I was just curious, during your time playing in the NFL, who was, like, the one of the linemen or just dudes in general who you went up against, and you were just like, man, this guy is, this guy is just different. Like, this guy is either powerful, strong, tough, whatever it was. Yeah, I was I was always like top two, top three, strongest guy on every team I played on. I was benching five hundred some pounds. And the one guy I went against that I knew was was a man among boys was Larry Allen. <laughs> I couldn't push that guy. That guy was like pushing a brick building. Yeah. Like he just didn't move. <laughs> he didn't move. So Larry Allen and then also um one of my favorite games I had was when I played against the Chiefs when I was I was the Raven, but Wolf Shields gave me a hard time when I was with the Ravens. I played against the Chiefs. I was young. I was a young player. It was um, Wolf Shields. And I forgot that running back kid was in Kansas City. What's his name? The one who used to talk a lot. What's his name? He talked a lot of smack. The big guy, the big running back. Right uh, that sounds like Larry. Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson? No, before Larry Priest. Johnson. He came, it was like 2000. It was like 2000. Was it 2001? Priest Holmes? That would have got that running back y'all had, man. You talk about, a lot of trash. Then you talk about Priest that Holmes. Been, that would have been Priest. Okay. Was it Priest? No, that was before Priest. Before Priest. Before Priest. I played with Priest in Baltimore, too. Right, I know. I thought yeah, I figured. I can't remember his name, but yeah, we had, um, yeah, Will Shields was a tough off. He was one of the tough offensive linemen I went against as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he's, you know, pretty solid uh, offensive lineman overall, so. Um, so that's a good question to like who you play, but overall, who were, I mean, I know you've, you've played with some pretty talented people just on the, just being in the same locker room. Um, who would you say was, if you could pick, I don't know, picking one might be hard, but who was the best player you ever played with? Damn. On the same side of the ball or offense? Or defense uh, either, either one. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just the, the best, the, yeah, the best player you've ever shared a locker room with. I gotta go. Damn, I gotta uh, go with Ray Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> gonna say I mean, he had the best linebacker in NFL history, in my opinion. I said mm-hmm. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, Ray Lewis is probably the best guy I played with. What was um, Ray like? On the field, very intense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very intense, and you didn't want to mess up with anyone to hear his mouth, mm-hmm. and um. Like, sometimes you'd be tired, and this guy, you have been out of the game twice. He'd been in the game the whole time, and he still got the same intensity. So I used to feed off his energy a lot when I played. Because if I was tired, look up, this dude is still going 100 miles per hour, and he's, like, been out here a lot longer than I have on the field. So probably, um, yeah, Ray Lewis was probably the most intense player I played with. Was uh, Kimball Anders the running back you were thinking of that talked a lot that was the big running back in Kansas City? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes. Forgotten gem. I yeah. was, he was 
talking a lot of smack to me because he had a, he had got a good chip block on me. That's how I remember. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he got a good chip block on me and had. But uh, yeah. So, you played for Shanahan and Billick and Vermeil and 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 Herm, I believe, throughout pretty much the, for the whole career. What is that yeah. like playing with that many dudes that are that level of like where everybody thinks of as like Hall of Fame all time coaches and and kind of how are they alike and how are those guys different? Because I assume they have similarities, but they have to be different. They seem totally different. Like for example, different. at least in uh, Kansas City, Herman Vermeil seem like opposite ends of the spectrum as far as people are concerned. My favorite coach I played for was Dick Vermeil. And that's because he was uh, you can tell he generally cared about the player. And he's probably the first coach that invited me over his house for dinner. Hmm. Like his house. I'm with his wife and family. Um, but um, intense. Um, Brian Billick pretty much let us do whatever we want. Because Marvin was there. So Marvin, defense, we didn't really deal with them. We didn't even deal with them. It's pretty much because the defense was the whole, pretty much the team. Because we, we won games six to three. <laughs> and nine, mm-hmm. nine to three. Like it was like a field goal. A field goal kicker. Was our leading scorer for the first eight weeks of our season that year we won the Super Bowl. So um, I didn't like Mike Shanahan. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You can say that here. He was a dictator, that's- man, and and I got a personality. He wouldn't allow me to keep my personality. He wanted me to be how he wanted, and then and I just I didn't like Mike Shanahan. That's why I was only there for a year. And so every mm-hmm. time we when I went to Kansas, we played them. I tried to kick that. <laughs> <laughs> Because I hated, I hated, I didn't like Mike Shanahan, but um, I loved Dick Vermeil. Uh, Herm Edwards was a personality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that nicely. He was a personality. Um, he was him and Mike Shanahan had similar ways they like to run their team. Mm-hmm. I can see that. But I didn't like, I didn't dislike him. Like I like dislike Mike Shanahan. <laughs> and um, but I loved Dick Vermeil. Brian Billing. I didn't really deal with him because we just dealt with Marvin. Marv. Mm-hmm. And um, who else? Um, um, what's a man name? Um, the coach for the Gators that was in Washington with me. Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, what, did you have he him is, in Houston? Uh, he coaches now for San Francisco State. Mm. Yeah, they, no, he wasn't in Houston. He was in Washington. Um, Steve Spurrier, that was a mm. – That guy was so ready to get out there in the NFL. We used to stay at golf resorts, and he would golf. And we didn't really have a game plan. We would just play. It was like, <laughs> he hated the NFL. I guess he hated Washington. Because he got his butt out of the NFL and right back to college. Man. So I was with him his last year. He just was kept, he was just taking, he was just ready. Because if he would have left, he would have walked away from a whole bunch of money. So he was just there. You know, we would go outside, the offensive coordinator would practice. He was just there. So that was that was a, a transition season for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I had my best times in Kansas. I had my best. Statistically, I had my best years in Kansas City. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like, when you got to Kansas City, you know, what was that atmosphere like, and you know, compared to all the other places you've been? Because Kansas City, it's kind of known to be a very welcoming fan base, a very strong fan base here. Like, how did you, how did yeah. the city receive you? Kansas, Kansas City, I felt like when I used to grow up and watch inside the NFL, the old NFL films, when I would pull in, you smell the barbecue. They give you a loaf of bread. You know, most people give you a magazine or something. Or when you come into the stadium, Kansas City actually gave me a loaf of bread. And it was like old school football. It was like, I felt like I was like 
felt like I was like dig, you know, like dig buckets, and then you see them old gangs. It felt like old school football, so it was fun. I mean, the facility. I, I heard they fixed up the facilities. The facilities were even old, like when I was there. You know, I, so it was like um, I felt like a time warp, and I was playing for like back in the day with leather helmets. But it was fun. I had a good time. Had my best years. Um, Carmelo, which was my defensive coordinator, got the Cunningham, rest in peace. Those guys was intense. I love playing for Gunn because Gunn would get me fired up because mm-hmm. he had a lot of energy. Yeah, he was so, a man. Um, I, yeah, I, I had fun in Kansas. I had my best years there. I had the most sacks. I only got 10 sacks my whole career. I got nine of them in Kansas. <laughs> so, yeah, I had my best playing years in Kansas. Um, yeah, so, like, you've obviously played in a lot of different, you know, a, couple, a handful of different places and franchises, just in terms of, um, like, how the organizations are run. Can you speak a little bit to that, like, just in terms of, I mean, it sounds like there's maybe um, – are, are they all kind of the same, or is there big differences between each team that you go to? Or no, it's a it's a big difference. So, in Baltimore, right? Um, if you're the starter, Brian Billick lets you do whatever you want. Like we would have um, heated benches for practice. Sarah Goosen would fly a helicopter to practice. We eat pizza while we out there practice. So I'm on the so I'm the second guy. So I'm getting all the reps, and all the starters don't really practice in Baltimore. So I said I was thinking I can't wait till I start. That I'm gonna have a good life like them over there, just relaxing. Then I go to Denver, and he complete. Shanahan's completely different. So the the guys, the second string don't practice. All the first string do all the reps. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Kansas, and Dick Vermeil is old school football where it's no padded days off. So that was hardcore football. So um. Well, I forgot the question again. Man. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going back memory lane. Going to yeah. memory lane. What did you ask me again? Yeah. So just just the differences in, in terms of how the organizations are run. So you were on the right. Yeah. Yeah. Kansas City is more like a. It was like a family. I like. I like practice in Baltimore, but I like the way the Kansas City organization treat the players better. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make did sense? Ever, yeah. So did you ever? Have yeah. A chance to meet. Um, huh? Did you ever get a chance to meet Lamar Hunt or? Um, any of the yeah, I met Lamar Hunt. I met um, we went up into his um, when I got there, we went to we went to um, when I was they recruited me, we went up to the skybox, mm-hmm. and I met him uh, for a brief second, and I I met his sons a lot because they used to come and work out in the gym, but mm-hmm. I met Lamar Hunt maybe twice while I was there. Yeah. So you kind of compare and contrasted all the coaches and stuff. You talked about Vermeil's no days off styles and all that. <laughs> what was the toughest training camp that you went through? Like Dick of your coaches was a Vermeil. Dick Vermeil. <laughs> I kind of wondered. Dick Vermeil kicked the kick. Dick Vermeil kicked our butts in training camp, man. That was that was one of the roughest training camps I probably had. Man, it gets the high. Can't give you a day off. Like Dick Vermeil didn't want to give you Mondays off if you won two or <laughs> three games in a row. He was like, "No, we're going to practice Monday." You know, so so yeah. He was he was, he loved he took care of his players the most, but he was the toughest on us physically. Mm-hmm. You know, playing and practice wise. Yeah, right on. So I'd be remiss to not ask about the current day Kansas City Chiefs because they're a little bit different than uh, than back in your day. Um, you know, when, yeah. when you win a Super the whole Bowl. Is different. Yeah, yeah. Th- that is very true. But um, the new facilities, everything like that. When you got a five hundred million dollar quarterback and and the Super Bowl win, you know, things change a little bit. But what do you think of the team overall going into this season? Do you pay do you pay a lot of attention to the NFL still and, and current news and everything like that? A little bit. Um, my friend, 
um, rest in peace, um, Orlando Brown's son. Y'all just picked up his um, his son. Me and Orlando Brown was cool. I actually was just with his um, his widow the other day came by our house. Um, so um, we're going to come. We're going to check out the Tennessee Titan game when you guys come down here this way. I'm in Atlanta, but we're going to go to see that game. And then I'm going to the Baltimore-Kansas City Chiefs game this year as well. So, um, uh, man, I think, man, that quarterback you guys have, where y'all running that offense, I think you can win at least two or three more. You got to get Tom Brady to retire. Then we got to win three or four more Super Bowls. Man, people have been trying to do that for years. You know that. Tom Brady is the last guy from my era that's still playing. Oh, I was yeah. going to ask you what's yeah, that like to watch him still be doing what he's doing at this I'm, point. I'm thinking, is that a clone? Is that a real? Is he real? <laughs> I don't know how he's still practicing, man. I don't know. I don't know how he do. I don't I have no idea. But he's a quarterback too, though. So yeah, that's true. He's Did got you had him shoulders and that elbow in the, the hand, you know? And so the yeah. way he really, the way he releases that ball, I don't think he has to worry about getting hit too much. Yeah, so. keep the quarterback safe. Just, man, he's gonna play the fifty. He gonna, he gonna be the first fifty-year NFL player. For real. What was it like? Did you play against him a lot? I'm assuming in, in Baltimore and in, in the AFC, my you played against him a lot. In NFL was against, my last game in the NFL was against him, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, what was it like playing against Tom Brady? Like, you can all, you get close, but you can never get that close because he always released the ball so fast. It was, you know, and um, he's a smart player. And, um, you know, he runs a great, he runs a good offense. And so, mm-hmm. um, he was um, probably the most difficult team to figure out. It was difficult to figure him out and get, you know, get relaxed. I don't think I've ever beat. I played against Tom four times. I don't think I won once. So, no. Yeah, that's Tom Brady. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. of all the cities that you played in and maybe even just the cities that you've gone on, you know, to like visiting cities, what's your favorite NFL city that you have been in? City for what? To hang out and party or just fans? Like the atmosphere, you know, like the yeah, just the atmosphere. Yeah. If you if you had a, ain't, not, it's not, ain't nothing like oh, <laughs> that shit right there. Yeah, so I get goosebumps now when I hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like I can't explain that. It's like I when you hear them the fans screaming and then and the chop, that's just I love it. I love that. I miss mm-hmm. that. That's one of my favorite state. That's probably one of my is my favorite stadium to play in. Mm-hmm. Because I, I that, like when they do that, I, can, I feel like I can run through anything. You can run through a brick wall, the fans screaming. You feel uh, like you, you feel like you are like a, a, a warrior or something. I can't explain it, man. But when they start screaming and chopping, I get fired up. I used to uh, get fired yeah. up. That's a, it's a unique experience for sure. Yeah, that's like, especially when it's like third and one or goal line stands and they start screaming, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah I missed that. I missed that. So, yeah. um, so what's something that you feel like, and I know you've already talked a little bit about like just the, the wear and tear of, uh, you know, on your body as an NFL athlete, but what's, what's, what are some things that you feel like fans of the NFL don't understand about NFL players and, and what that lifestyle entails and all that goes into that? The fans don't understand. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. A lot of us suffer from short-term memory loss. Mm-hmm. And um, when it's cold, all those old injuries pop back up. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, the fans now, they they, they taking they, – right now, everything, they in depth by everything about the league from 
hard knocks to, you know, um, some guys got reality shows. Like, you know saying? I think fans got a pretty good picture of what we're dealing with now because mm-hmm. everything's recorded. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. It's very fair. Um, I, guess, I guess the only thing I would ask you on that same front would be talk about, I guess, the physicality and the difference. Because I think for me, that's one thing from, like, being up close and personal versus just watching it on TV or being high enough up in the stands. You don't realize until you're down there in it or around it just how right. fast and physical right. everything is. You know what's funny? I didn't realize how physical it was because I was, like, all, like, I was always one of the strongest guys. And, and um, so we went to a – we had a renewed Super Bowl reunion. And you know how the offensive alignment and defense alignment hit each other before the game. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there watching it, and I started cringing, like, ugh. And, like, that hurt. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I used to do this shit every year for nine years. I did this for my nine years of my life. But, mm-hmm. uh, man, I didn't realize how intense it was until I became, uh, I guess, a citizen. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we are – we're about ready to wrap it up here with you. We want you to go ahead and shout out the uh, – the, the website and, and your Twitter handle and everywhere places people okay. can follow you and help support you and, and get this message man. spread because that's really what we want to do with this. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, fans have really, a lot of people, Kansas City fans, Baltimore fans, uh, have really been uh, re- doing a lot of retweets. So you can find me at Lionel underscore Jelly Roll Dalton on Twitter. And um, Lionel is Lionel Jelly Roll Dalton on Instagram. And uh, my website is newkidneyforjellyroll.com. There's a lot of information on there. You can learn about early symptoms of kidney disease. Because I'm not just, it's just it's bigger than me. Because I wish I would have known more about it when I earlier on and I would have been, wouldn't be in this position, I would be able to do things to combat it. So I'm trying to get the information out so people don't have to suffer like I did or suffer like what I'm doing right now. And um, hopefully I can, um, you know, help somebody. And that so, website, um, yeah. one more time. New kidney, new kidney for jellyroll.com. All right, new right kidney on. for jellyroll.com. Man, well, man, I, we cannot thank you enough for your time. We appreciate you coming on, man. You're a really awesome, dude. We're you know happy that you were a, a part of the Chiefs Kingdom forever. Um, we're really rooting yeah. for you, and uh, we're going to be supporting you this whole way. So, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you. Thank all you, right. sir. You have a great one. All right. Yeah, have yeah, a good thanks. day. It was great talking to you. Have a good one. All right, guys. Appreciate you. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Okay, joining us now, we have a very special guest to talk about uh, some similar issues that we uh, discussed with Lionel Dalton recently, just before this. Uh, Albert Hainsworth joins us. Albert, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing, like, excellent. Couldn't be any better. Good to hear. Um, now... When we spoke with Lionel, he recently mentioned you guys spoke and, and had, had talked about it because he's going through looking for a kidney right now, and you you just kind of did that and got yours successfully. So um, maybe talk about kind of how things have improved and changed, and, and then talk about your journey to get that get that done. 
Well, how, how things improved. I mean, you just, you don't know how much the kidney affects the entire body. Um, it's, it's amazing. Like I, I feel like a brand new person. Like if I was like back in like shape, I was like, heck, I can go back and play. <laughs> I mean, like literally I feel that good. But uh, no, I'm not going back and play. No. <laughs> the Titans fans just got really happy for a second. Wait, what? What, Albert? What? <laughs> yeah, no, it's but it's a it's a it's a process. But you know what? I mean, it's a it's a long process, but it's it's great. Once once you get that kidney, you feel amazing. Uh, I mean, you know, just really my thing. I was looking forward to, and I told the doctors, and they they laughed. Hey, I mean, they laughed so hard. And I was like, I'm just looking for that good long pee, you know, that just like, uh, you know, like that pee. Yeah. Like, you know, your, mm-hmm. your bladder's well, you just get that good, fulfilling stream of pee instead of just like inking out like you're like, you know, like you're like 80, 90 years old, just like getting dribbles here and there. Like, I, I enjoyed that. It was probably the best. But the, the way I feel is amazing. Like, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. So your, your journey to get, to get there. Cause I know we, from talking to Lionel, I know a heck of a lot more than I did previously, but I know the lists are different and is different per person and it's different per like hospital. How, how was that process for you? And what are some of the things that you saw and, and learned and, and in that process that, that were either things that you wanted to see, like that were good or things that maybe were could we could do something differently with with well, how we do this i was blessed uh, i didn't have to uh get on another list but i was actually in the process like i just uh told my doctor like hey i want to get on another list and then like literally a few days later um vanderbilt called me and said we have a match for you you know you're scheduled for uh surgery april 15th you just got to come in and do tests blah 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 and all this stuff so you know you'll be good it's like you were actually rescheduled you know i mean you, you were selected or had a we had a match but you had covid and pneumonia i had covid and pneumonia so it knocked me off the list but they put it on pause so once i got all healthy from that uh they they um yeah, they uh, we did the list. I mean, we did the uh, testing, and that's what happened. So the thing about this this whole uh, the list of uh, for kidneys is, I mean, there's a lot of information that uh, that that is incorrect, or people don't know what you can do. So you can you can enter on any list. So you can look because I mean, maybe your area has like a seven or eight year waiting list. Well, you can you can look like on a computer and, and, and find out where they have shorter lists and and like in any different cities or uh, states or whatever, and you can go sign up for that list. I mean, you know, sign up on that list. I mean, you're going to have to do the testing like you did for the hospital um, that that you're on the list for, or sometimes they might accept uh, that hospital. But you can do that as long as you can get there in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, you can be on that list. So uh, just just stand on one list. You don't have to do anymore. You, you know, you definitely don't have to do anymore, and you can get on a different list. And also, there's like cross pairing. So if you have a uh, a loved one 
that wants to donate a kidney, but they don't match you, but they're healthy enough to give away their kidney, you can use that as cross-matching to they will donate their kidney to a person that has is in the exact same situation that you are as far as not like the person that they have that wants to donate the kidney doesn't work for them because of you know the blood types or whatever then they can they can give it to you and and your person can give it to them and you know uh it'd be good that way so i mean there's just like lots of different options out there for people so don't give up hope uh don't feel like you you've got to wait that seven or eight years or or five or six years it, it could be a year you know i mean like the i think wisconsin has a lot of uh, a short list so you can go up there to uh, Wisconsin and and get a, uh, a kidney. So uh, I mean, just that's that's really all I have to say about it. It's like you can you can get a kidney shorter shorter. You just be, got to be able to travel to that place within that time limit. Right. Yeah. And we actually talked with Lionel about that, and he's looking to get on the Kansas City's waitlist because that one, I believe, he said it was a, a one year universal waitlist for everyone uh, in Kansas City. So he's in Baltimore and Kansas City. Um, real quick, just wanted to ask just about, you know, the kidney issues and so just some of the general issues that, you know, you kind of found in the NFL in the early 2000s. Do you attribute a lot of, um, you know, your playing career to those issues? And what do you think about, you know, how the NFL was handled back then and, and what kind of issues guys from that era kind of face now? Well, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, as much uh, Tordal and, 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 you know, things that I had to take, um, you know, your play, you know, I mean, guys lined up for Tordal, you know, imagine doing that for 10 years, you know, uh, you know, like a, a very high uh, anti-flam that's killing your kidneys. I mean, literally killing your kidneys. I was two years out of two years up there. I retired, uh, like at 33, I had a kidney function of 50%. Like, you know, I mean, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. So, I mean, the stuff that you take, I mean, it's all those anti-flams, I mean, everybody's taking that. It's, it's killing your kidneys. You know, they, they, they say they want to be safe. And I'm not trying to knock the NFL because I go back and do it again because I love football. But, like, you can't pick and choose where you want your players to be safe. You know, the whole thing with this, like, the, the vaccination and all this. Like, yo, you want your players to be safe. Well, Well, how about your overall health? I mean, your long-term health. You know, what about that? Does, does that matter? Or is it just matter that we're on the field, you know, uh, making you millions or billions of dollars? Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge issue that we talked with Lionel about and just, you know, the early 2000s kind of era of, you know, there wasn't just as much science available, you know, as there is today. And people didn't really know what was in what they were taking. And there's a lot of in- misinformation. So um, it's unfortunate that... Oh, yeah. Hundred percent misinformation. Yeah. Like, like you know, like now, just just in the last few years, how about this? Like your team doctor, um, like when I, you know, I was playing, even like in the last few years, your team doctor, they would um, give you the shots. You know, give you the shots. Don't matter if you're playing in Texas, don't matter if you're playing in in California, don't matter if you're playing in New York, wherever. Your team doctor always traveled with you, and that team doctor is always the one that gave you the shot. Is he literally, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, me being older and, and wiser, is my team doctor, you know, is that doctor licensed in those states to be able to give me, uh, you know, or, or, or 
basically do uh, medical practice. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, yeah. just like a realtor, he can't, they can't go out and sell out of state unless they're licensed in that state. Same thing about a doctor, but they were out there doing it. And so now they wanted to change it. But I mean, it's still the same thing. Like, hey, you guys are like trying to critique us. How about critique yourself? I mean, if you truly care about us, tell us everything. You'll be open about it. You know, I mean, like not just so we can go out there and play and make money. You know, that's that's ridiculous. So, On that same kind of front, with players that are now no longer playing in the league, and I know it takes a certain amount of time to be on to play. You have to play a certain amount of years to hit the league's like, benefits plans or whatnot. But with the post-league stuff, we hear all the time about how some guys – feels like they're not taking care of the vets and that the, the, the old players aren't getting as much attention with either with the medical or with the other stuff as they probably should be. No, not at all. I mean, they want to like cut off medical, you know, like cut off, like not having the insurance after like, was it like six years, five or six years out of league, unless you put away money yourself that will carry you through that. Like, I mean, you put your body, your life on the line just to have another five years. I mean, Army always has it. You know, they, they put their life, and I'm not, they don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing us to the Army because we haven't saved any lives, but we definitely put our body on a line like every single day you practice, you know, you're going out there to play. I mean, it's like a major car accident every time we play a, a football game. So, you know, like you're making billions of dollars. I mean, like how big is this like industry has gotten? I mean, making billions of dollars that they can't cover like insurance for former players. You know, I mean, I mean, it's cut our lives shorts and things like that. And like I said, I would still do it, but like I would think my employer would love to like, hey, see me have how many ever lives, uh, how many ever years left, being fine. You know what I mean? Like, like having a good, fulfilled life and not having to, uh, you know, deal with things like this. Like they would be, you know, front line. Hey, we want to take care of our guys. I mean, that to me, that would show that you care. Yeah, that's and that's I think is a point that needs to be reiterated for across many platforms. Um, you you obviously were, were big. We're big into learning about the kidney stuff when you were going through it and whatnot. Um, what were some of the resources or places that you learned best from, from, from your information for that? Really just like, you know, going online and, and like, and going to like kidney, uh, like foundations and things. I mean, just really learning. It wasn't anything that, uh, I guess that was like taught, but just being around it and learning. Same thing with aneurysms, you know, I had brain aneurysms, you know, like a, a very, silent killer <laughs> like a yeah. real silent killer that like people don't know about uh, because it'll stop your heart and so people think you just died at a cardiac arrest no you actually had an aneurysm that ruptured that killed you um, so I mean just just things like that has, has affected me has made me want to learn more about it yeah totally it's, a, it's an unfortunate situation that, you know, a lot of NFL players from the past have uh, have kind of been forced to deal with. Um, hopefully, uh, 
hopefully things can change and hopefully for the next generation things change a little bit and you know you always got to look out for the the future players obviously but hopefully they come back around but, to the the former players but as this, well this is the thing though because we don't have much of a voice you know being yeah. retired we don't do anything for them so they like they can literally give a damn uh, about us but what would work is like and, and and to be honest like i was like this player these players now like i didn't even look at the the, the you know the, the future the, you know me being a retired player and, and all that stuff like these guys gotta look at because their day is going to end i mean there's only one exception in this world <laughs> you know in this nfl world and that's tom brady that day will never end unless he wants it to end you know but like uh, everybody else except tom brady your day in the nfl is going to end and you're going to be a former player and you're going to have to deal with those issues because you're not going to have the training room anymore you're going to deal with those issues that 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 shoulder that knee that i mean that's just you know orthoscopic stuff but like you know, your insides, your internals, those concussions, you know, like, I mean, CTE, they, they wanted to hide that, but they came out, you know, like it's going to be stuff with the kidneys also because of the drugs you take, you know, the, the, the dose packs you take, the Tordal you take, the Tordal shot you take, the Tordal pills you take. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to come out. So just, they need to realize that they're going to be a former player without a doubt. And if you don't get that in to the, you know, like in front of them now as a player, when you got power, you got a voice, they're going to, it's going to be 10 times harder when you're retired. They're going to literally not give a damn. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's an unfortunate situation, but hopefully we get to, some, some change in there. So we asked, I asked Lionel this, and, and I think actually Garrett asked him this, but so being the former player and, and having this stuff, do you still pay attention to the league and still watch the teams and pay and do all that? I mean, I've been to games, but like, like I'll like go in a box or something like that. And uh, I might keep up with the score, but I'm watching um, like play by play now, you know, like only time I'm watching play by play is when I'm watching my own kids, you know, like, uh, like I'm not saying I'm not a so don't really watch like that like i you know it, it was a job and they made it very clear it's a job so it's just like when you retire you're gonna watch your job you know i mean your former job that you used to do no not really i mean you'll have some friends that's still in it that you'll watch but as far as watching like in depth and things like that like i used to no not at all so uh when my kid makes it and he's there then i'll watch more Hey, right on. Makes oh. sense to me. I that I would definitely not watch my former job after I left it for sure. No, no. <laughs> yeah. very not. Yeah, yeah definitely. Don't not. do that. You know, what I mean, like you, like I watch UT, I watch college because you know what? That wasn't money. That was a uh, that was my choice where I wanted to go, and uh, and you know I, I would have did it again. Um, so yeah, I watch college football because I like to watch the young guys coming up, and you know, of course, I got a 15 year old. It's uh, in the ninth grade, and he is, um, you know, he is uh, being recruited already. He got a, he got two scholarship offers in the, you know, in his eighth grade, eighth grade year. Um, you know, he's like a running back and a linebacker, um, but he's a 
you know, he's already six foot, 170. And he got it from uh, his first offer was from Kentucky, you know, the Wildcats, mm-hmm. which we respect, you know, SEC <laughs> opponent. And then another one's from uh, East Carolina. So, I mean, not East Carolina, East uh, Eastern Kentucky. So, uh, you know, that's what I pay attention to now is, is my son, you know, my kids is playing football and, and basketball and everything else. Like, that's what I'm that's what I'm more focused on than watching the NFL. Well, right on, man. Uh, I can't thank you so much. Enough for your time for joining us. Quickly before we get you out of here, uh, if you just had like a message for, for Jelly Roll and, and, you know, other people who are going through a similar situation of, of what he's dealing with right now, what would you kind of just say to them? All I say is like, you know, you're going to have those bad days where you don't want to do dialysis. You don't, you know, you're just sick of it. You kind of want to give up, but you can't. Like we never quit on the field, so we're not going to quit on life. So you got to be there. And then there's more help. You know, on the darkest days, it's the darkest before the light. So you guys, like, check out all the different lists. Like, go and Google it. We have means to be able to travel, like, kind of as we want. So go check out these lists and, and get there. Even if you got to, you know, rent a private plane or whatever, still get there and you can be on a shorter list and it can save your life where you feel amazing afterwards truly truly amazing because that's that's how i feel now god has truly blessed me with a new kidney and and, you know i feel like a whole new life we greatly appreciate your time thank you for sharing that message and uh we will make sure it gets to lionel and i'm sure you guys will talk again sooner whatnot you guys have your you guys have the communication we we were told so thanks guys thanks for having me on yeah appreciate you. you Thank you all so much for watching and listening. If you're listening and you didn't know you could be watching this right now, you can find it on the Say It Again Network YouTube channel. And if you're watching this and you want to listen, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Once again, drop us a follow at Kingdom Says Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll be back later this week with another episode talking about some more training camp news and highlights. Preseason is starting up here this weekend, and so we'll have a lot more to talk about for you this week, and we have a lot more special guests coming on. So be sure to follow us to stay in the loop in all of that, and we will talk to you later this week. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details.